So today, uh, how you doing? Are you doing okay? We're, uh, we're on the 21 days of prayer and fasting. I don't know what you choose to, to fast from, but I hope and pray you're living in victory today. Hope you haven't ate your arm off yet if you're fasting meats. Is that anybody fasting meats? Couple hands. Anybody fasting sweets? I'm doing that. It's been tough. You know, but I'm doing good. You got a neighbor. Ask him, how you doing? Do your best uh, friends, Joey. How you doing? <laughs> right? So we're having fun today. I, I do sincerely hope and pray you're growing and learning. And I hope that this fast has given you multiple opportunities for you to live in faith. As I'm getting serious, right? To live in faith and to respond appropriately and for God to, to draw out those things, right, that we're praying God to take out of us. Because the title of our 21 Days of Prayer and Fasting, our message this year, the theme is, is what? Who remembers it? Power, peace, and provision. Power, peace, and provision. But before that, we want God to transform us, right? To be transformed into his power and transformed into his peace and transformed into his provision, right? And we said that's our prayer. If, if this year, if we can truly step into those three things, if you can step into God's power for your life, right? If you could, what would your life look like? If you could step into God's real peace, what would your life look like? All right, what would, what would your relationships look like? What would you look like as an employee, right? And then if we could step into God's provision for our lives, what, what could happen? We'd be blessed. We'd be a blessed children, We'd be a blessed church. We'd be a blessing to our communities. We'd be a blessing to wherever we go because God would literally transform us. Right? Your life of faith is not just a salvation prayer that you said 10 years ago and then you stop. Your life of faith is a daily walk. Not one of us is perfect. If you prayed that prayer to accept Jesus, your life's not perfect. He's the only perfect one. And so this is a life of progress, right? Let's make some progress this year, right? We said last week, some of us, we want to level up this year, All right? The next level, new level, new devil. Some of y'all are tracking with me. If you're sick of fighting that same old battle, level up. You got to conquer that one and you can get a new, a new foe, so to speak, a new New enemy. And so that's my prayer is that this year we can experience God's power, peace, and provision unlike we ever have before. So last week, we're not going to dive into any recap. So if you missed last week's message, you can catch up online real easier through our church app. We talked about that first P, that we talked about power last week, right? And we can walk in power if we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Who memorized their verse this week. That's pretty good. Congratulations. Do you feel empowered? Right? Acts 1.8, Jesus said what? You will receive power when the... I'm letting you all <laughs> prove that you've learned your, me your, your memory verse today, and you will go everywhere. Right? Thank you so much. I hope and pray as we're doing this 21 days of fast that you're taking advantage of the tools that we're giving you right? to thrive and grow in your faith. Those of you that did that, praise God. And guess what? We got a brand new verse for you this week. So this week, today, I'm excited to dive in. We're going to be talking about that peace 
of God. Everybody do a, ah, ah, right? What would our lives look like if we could truly step into the peace of God? And I got some awesome nuggets I feel like the Holy Spirit gave me this week just to give us some clarity and some fresh revelation on really what the peace of God looks like and feels like even. And so let's, let's look at that first point today on your outline. If you got your paper outline or you're following along on our church app, I'll give you the fill in the blanks. I'm excited to dive into you. And so as, if you start anywhere, you always want to start in the Word of God. And so I love to, when, when I'm starting a, a study or something that the Holy Spirit's dealing with in my heart, I, I like to start in the Word of God, but I really like to try and find out what Jesus said about that thing, right? right I want to find out what Jesus says about that thing. So Look at this first point. It says, when Jesus speaks, we must pay attention. Y'all can agree on that? Right? When Jesus speaks, I hope you, I hope you lean in. Right? When Jesus speaks, I hope you, you get still and you listen, right? Why do, we want to, why do we want to listen to Jesus? Because we know he don't lie. Jesus ain't a liar. Right? So if Jesus don't lie, Jesus actually says, we're going to read John 14, 25 through 27 here in a moment. He says, I'm leaving you with the gift of peace. So if Jesus doesn't lie and he says, I'm leaving you with a gift of peace, we can fully believe that he's telling us the truth. You can fully take Jesus at his word. We can have real, lasting, authentic peace because Jesus says so. Guys, that can be enough for us. Y'all say this with me. Today, I can have peace because Jesus says so. It's that simple. You can have peace because Jesus gave it. I'm going to prove to you that he says it. But we can have peace because Jesus says so. You know, as I read my word and I read my Bible, there's something about those red letters. Those red letters just hit different. Uh, You know what I'm saying? Those red letters, they just hit different. If if you're doing a, a uh, a year reading Bible plan, most all reading Bible plans, yearly ones, they have you what? They have you in the Old Testament, and then you read something from the New Testament each day. And if you try and read it cover to cover, God bless you. And if you do that, you're, you're probably going to feel a little, a little empty a little bit. Praise God to read your word. But, but we, we've discovered, you know, those red words, those red letters that Jesus speaks. If you didn't know in the Bible when you see red letters, that's Jesus speaking. And so when you're reading your, your Old Testament and you're getting a little bit of your New Testament each day, those red letters, they, they speak truth to us. We can take Jesus at his word. Did you know that in the New Testament, it says that Jesus said, I come to tell you the truth 78 times. 78 times, Jesus said in the New Testament, I tell you the truth. And in John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and I am the truth. So when Jesus, if you can believe that he's telling you the truth, then you can believe that he wants you to have the peace that he's given you. He wants us to have real, transformative peace. What if this year, peace Peace, godly, steadfast, rooted peace could be your new normal. 
Whenever you feel the attack, whenever you feel the anxiety, whenever you feel the fear, whenever you feel the temptation, whenever you feel the, 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 the world trying to suck the life out of you, every time, what if your new normal was, you know what, I have the peace of God. Right? What if that was our new normal in 2023? Look at John, our foundational scripture. John 14, 25 through 27. So your memory verse on your card is actually going to be 27. But I wanted to give you a couple extra verses for today. Look at 25 there. It says, And I have spoken this while I was with you, but the Advocate, the Helper, right, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. Somebody say all things. All things. And remind you of everything I have said to you. And here's our verse. Peace. Highlight that. Underline that word. Star that word if you're following along in your Bible. He says, I leave with you. My peace I give. I give. I give you. Then he says, I do not give as the world gives. That's some good news. I got enough of what the world's got to give me, guys. I want something different. I want something better. I want something from heavenly places, not from worldly spaces. He says, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled or afraid. Jesus is always a step ahead. You know that? He's already tracking what you're about to be thinking. And so as soon as Jesus says, I give you peace and not, not peace like the world gives, I think he begins to see the questions that begin to arise in our minds. See, God wants to give us peace, but we go to but. But. That means, that means I got to do this. That means I have to take this step of faith. That means, you know what, maybe that means I have to lay this thing down. And that might hurt my flesh a little bit because I secretly enjoy that thing. Or you know what? That may mean I need to change this area of my life. It may mean I need to step into this area of my life and begin to learn about this thing. And so we go to this but. We go to this place, this, this but. And Jesus, he covers himself. He says, and do not be afraid because I am with you. For you to live in peace, you have to know that and live that every day, that Jesus is with you. If the Son of God is with you, what can the world throw at you? That is that daunting. Come on. If the Son of God is with you, what, what can't you accomplish? What can't God accomplish through you? He says, peace I leave you, my peace I give you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid, because I am with you. This is what I know. Every single person wants peace. Every single person is looking for peace. The thing is, we're looking for peace, and it's a peace that the world cannot give. We look for peace in all the wrong places, right? We look for them on our mobile devices. The other day, I... I caught myself, I mean, I'm sitting, I got the TV on. I got my iPad and my phone, all three simultaneously going on. Now, I wasn't using those things looking for peace, but, you know, there's a spiritual hole inside of every single person. And if you're not on purpose to follow God, you'll miss it. See, I know who Jesus is. So the Holy Spirit sometimes kind of shakes me, wakes me up a little bit, like, what are you really doing? If I'm just out there just living scot-free, just doing what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, 
you may never recognize those signs unless another believer points them out in you, right? Right? And so we got to know we're dealing with a lost, dying, sick world. And everybody is looking, trying to fill their void with all the wrong things. Drugs. We're a Celebrate Recovery Church, right? If you love Celebrate Recovery, give me a holler. Right? So many folks trying to medicate and to escape, trying to fill this hole in their heart, this spiritual hole in their life with, with something the world can prescribe. We use drugs. We use, we use relationships. Mm. Mm. Y'all say that with me. Mm. I've seen relationships take so many men and women of faith out. God will send people in your life, but guess who else will send some people in your life? The enemy. And so we got to know that as we are looking for peace, we have to remember that God has already given it to us. And if I use worldly solutions to try and fill that void in my life, looking for that peace, you got to know that the result is going to be more of death, more emptiness, more stress, more anxiety, more fear. You know, God hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. Those sound like peaceful things to me, right? The peace to know the difference. So look at that next point. We can take Jesus at his word, if we know he doesn't lie, we can receive peace because he says so. <clears throat> and that last part of that verse in verse 27, he says, Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You have to know that living in afraid, living, living a fearful life is the opposite of living in peace. You can't live in fear and live in peace at the same time. And so the amount of peace that you possess, look at this, is directly related to the strength. Somebody say strength over your relationship with the Holy Spirit. And we spent all last week talking about that, right? Because Jesus said, I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit so that you can walk in power and do things that only you can do with me, right? And so Jesus said, the Father will give us an advocate, the Holy Spirit, to teach us all things. The Holy Spirit's desire is to teach you how to use what Jesus has given Think of that. The Holy Spirit, he's got a lot of desires. He wants to encourage you. He wants to comfort you. He wants to help you. He wants to lead you in truth. And he also wants to teach you what Jesus has given you. Did you all read John 14, 27? It says, peace I, I leave with you, peace I give you. And he said, I'm not going to leave you alone. Don't be afraid. I'm going to send an advocate, the helper, who's going to teach you into all things. And so the Holy Spirit wants to teach you how to use what God has given. Before Jesus said, I give you peace, if you notice, he first said, I give you the Holy Spirit. I believe the two are directly connected. Just as I can't walk in the power of God without the presence of God with the Holy Spirit, I can't live in peace without the Holy Spirit. And the strength and the amount of peace you possess is directly related to the strength of your daily relationship with the Spirit of God. 
Last week we said, oh, we want the power, right? You want the power of God? If you came, you know you're not going to walk in this as I'm leading you into it. I led it into you last week, right? But you don't necessarily want the presence of God. Right? You're, you hoot and holler about wanting the power of God, but you necessarily don't want to spend the time with them, right, to receive it. God's peace is the same way. For me to have the peace of God, i got to spend time with God i got to spend time with God to know that it's all going to work out. i got to spend time with God for him to download that hope in my heart that I need for that day. i got to spend time with God to understand that God is for me and not against me. And that God is working things for my good. And that God goes before me. I have to spend time with God to experience the peace of God. And that's the Holy Spirit's job is to teach you the things that Jesus has given you. And this is what the Holy Spirit really impressed upon me this week as I was studying and praying. You know, I love the feeling of the presence of God. I love the feeling of the peace of God, right? Has anybody experienced that? When the peace of God falls, right? There's nothing like it. But the Holy Spirit just reminded me that peace is not always an emotion. Oftentimes, it's a decision that I have to make in the middle of the storm. Because this is what you need to know. If you find yourself in the middle of the storm, does it change the goodness of God? God is still good. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. See, but I'm in the middle of a storm, and I don't feel the peace of God. And so that's, those types of moments in your life, that's, somebody say that's, when the Holy Spirit wants to teach you the peace of God. And that's when the Holy Spirit wants to teach you the peace of God and lead you into that place of, I have to believe the peace of God, I have to confess the peace of God, and maybe after that, then I can receive the peace of God. I have to believe, I have to confess, and then I can receive. And so the peace of God is not always an emotion. And I can look back at my life. God had, to, God had to teach Ian not to worry. Because I used to worry about everything. Pastor Jessica, she's giving me a flame. Look, she's probably thinking, you still worry about a lot of stuff. <laughs> I think that's part of being a man and leading your family. You, you worry about your family. And worry, that's part of being human. But you can step into a place of worry where it does become a hindrance. It becomes almost a sin where you're not trusting in God with that thing. You're, you're trusting in yourself and your own abilities, and you're trusting in the things the world can give you, and you're, you're not trusting God. But I remember early in my faith when I went to Teen Challenge and got born again and got saved, I had a mess of a life, guys, that I caused because of my bad decisions. You've heard it a million times, right? I didn't have a job. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a license. I, I had a bag of clothes to my name. I had a lot to worry about. And guess what? God didn't just, just he, he, he healed my heart and he delivered me in a moment, but walking that out, having to, 
having, having to rely on God to solve all those problems that I caused took some time for me to have faith. I had to, I had to learn. The Holy Spirit had to teach Ian, you know what? Don't worry about those things. If you can trust me with it, God says, I'll find a way. And it took some years for some of those problems to resolve themselves. It took me five and a half years for me to get my license back. You better know that every decision you make has a consequence. If you can't do the time, don't do the crime. But I do know when God shows up and he gives you that peace, no one can steal it from you. Now, it would try to rise up as, you know, I was... Jumping through the hoop, so to speak, doing what Liberty Church asked me to do and what God was asking me to do and walking these things out. And when I really released those things to God, it all worked out for my good. I remember I used to, to, to stress out, who am I? I know I want to be a husband and a dad woman. Who am I going to marry? And I had to release that to God. And if I didn't release that to God, I probably would have married the wrong person. And I'm so thankful that I'm, I'm married to the woman that I'm married to today. Because I trusted God with my area of relationships. God had to, had to teach me that he's with me and that he loves me. He had to teach me that. And when he taught me that, I experienced his peace. When you, when you can believe that God's for you and start to believe that God loves you, you'll start to experience his peace. And the stuff you're praying about and worrying about, you, you can just chalk it up. And say, God's for me. God loves me. I'm going to trust you, God. I'm going to trust your process. I'm going to trust your ways. Right? Peace is not always a feeling. It's not always emotion. Sometimes it has to be taught to us. Look at John. We're going to stay in 14. We're going to back up a few verses. So if you're reading your Bible, stay right there in John 14. Go up to verses 16 and 18. Jesus said, I'll ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. There it is, the Holy Spirit, who, who is a comforter, the encourager, a counselor. So that word advocate means, who will never leave you. There it is. He, the Holy Spirit, leads in all truth. The world cannot receive him because the world doesn't recognize him. It's not looking for him. But you do know him. You do know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. No, I do not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. When you see God as, excuse me, when you can look beyond seeing God as just your God and your provider and move to a place where you see God as your father, you'll see that you lack nothing. And you'll experience that peace of acceptance an adoptionhood of being a son and a daughter. That gift of peace through the Holy Spirit is proof that God has adopted us and accepted us as his children. Look at that next point. So along with God's peace, when I move into the peace of God, that supernatural peace of God that we're talking about, some things come with it. One's acceptance. Acceptance of who I am as a child of God, and even the acceptance of the, the issues that I'm currently facing, right? And affirmation. Acceptance and affirmation also come with the peace of God. And this is what we got as true, as true children of God. When we allow this type of peace to rule and reign in our hearts, we can rise above every situation because the Holy Spirit always comforts, encourages, and 
counsels. Guess what? Resulting in peace. When God's peace comes, it it gives us the spirit of acceptance. It reminds us that I'm a child of God. And if I'm a child of God, that means I'm an heir to Jesus Christ. And if Jesus Christ has given everything to me, he's given me the Holy Spirit to encourage, to comfort, to lead, to counsel, to guide, then if I take the time to be in relationship with God, then I can have it all. You can have it all if you can take the time. See, we want it all, but can you give God your all? I want all all God's got to give me, but can you give it all to God? Can you lay that thing down that's killing, still, and destroying me? Can you give him all your faith? Can you give him all your worry? Can you give him all your doubts? Can you give him all those things that we, we stress ourselves out about? When you see that you're a true child of God, you see that you are a part of something bigger than the problems you currently face. When you see yourself as a child of God, the problem isn't necessarily immediately removed and cast into the sea, right? The problem is still oftentimes still there facing us. But when you see that you're a child of God, the peace of God comes and you say, you know what? That's a problem. That's an issue. That's a thing I'm going to pray about. But my God's bigger than the problem. My God's bigger than the thing that needs to be changed. My God's bigger than the hurt, than the offense, than the event. Because I'm a child of God, I lack nothing. That's when the peace of God comes. If you're not experiencing the peace of God, have you forgot that you're a child of God? If you say, Pastor Ian, I'm stressed out every single day. What's your quiet time look like? Are you in prayer? Are you in the word? And I I don't want to just beat you over the head with the Bible. I'm trying to give you some practical steps. Our God's spiritual, but he's practical. That can help you with that peace. And, And if you're not doing those things, I promise you, you probably have forgotten that you're a child of God. When you see that you're a child of God, the peace of God falls. And when the peace of God falls, then you can enjoy the benefits from heavenly places. An abundant life is born from a full heart. An abundant heart is born from a a, a full, abundant relationship. If you strive to have an abundant life through the relationship of, of God through his son, you can have it because he'll give you a full heart. He'll give you a full heart. And secretly, that's what we're all trying trying to do. We're trying to fill our hearts with all these other things. And God wants to give you an abundant life by giving you a full heart. Look at Romans 5, excuse me, Romans 8, 15 through 17. Look what it says. It says, so you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you'll receive God's spirit when he adopted you, right? When you see that you're a child of God, he, he downloads his spirit of acceptance. He adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. You need to highlight that today to remind you that you are a child of God. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's children. 
glory. So if you are a child of God today, is that anybody? Is that anybody? Don't be shy. If you are a child of God today, then act like it. Then act like it. Is the world really defeating you that easily? Is the devil really defeating you that easily? Are you really defeating yourself and your mind that easily? Because you are an heir of Christ. Jesus is the king. That means I'm a prince. That means you're a prince. That means you're a princess. So act like it. Act like it. One of Xander's favorite movies right now is The Incredibles. And forgive me, I can't think of the, the woman that makes the costumes her name. But the mom goes there to see her, and she's, I forget what they're arguing about, but she starts slapping her. Don't slap your brother or sister, by the way. But she's, remember who you are. Get your act together. I was like, that's good. Sometimes we need the Holy Spirit to teach us and say, remember who you are. Act like it. Act like a child of God. When you know you're a child of God, the peace of God will come. And if you act like it, you'll walk in peace. And the peace of God will surround you. And wherever you go that day, whoever you talk to that day, guess what? They'll get to experience the peace of God. <laughs> That's how we change our world. That's how the, the, the glory of God lives in and through us. And when we live that way, God's peace always brings more faith. Maybe your prayers, I need more faith. No, maybe your prayer needs to me, I need more peace. And to get your peace, I need more of your presence. And to get your presence, I need to spend more time with you. And when you have God's peace, you'll have more faith to believe. Because as soon as you take that step of faith with this area or this issue or the problem, there's always an opportunity for doubt to come. And you're, or you pray for a week. You, you, you walk it out for a week. God, don't answer it. You pray for a month. You walk it out. God doesn't answer it. You pray for a year. God doesn't answer it. What begins to happen? The enemy begins to kill my peace. Can you still walk in peace when God hasn't answered it? And peace is more than a feeling. It's a decision. You know, I was thinking of Jesus. In the Garden of Gethsemane, y'all believe Jesus is the Son of God? In the garden, it says he prayed so hard that he prayed drops of blood before he went to the cross. You know, I, I don't know necessarily if Jesus had the emotion of peace in that moment. But he made a decision for God to give him some peace. He said, nevertheless, my will... But your will. And so whatever's staring you in the face, I promise you, it's not as tough as the cross that faced your Savior. And I'm so glad we have a Savior that practices what he preaches. He was vulnerable. He was, he was all God, but he was all human. And that same God wants to give you that peace that you need as you are in the waiting place. So believe. Believe. Don't get mad at God. He's your only source. Don't try and answer it with worldly things or worldly books or worldly people because you'll find yourself more empty, more discouraged, 
more angry. And just trust that God will do it for you. It says that he is faithful to accomplish and finish what he starts. Excuse me, look at Philippians 4, 6 through 7. What does it say? Don't be anxious about anything. Is that even possible? He says, but in every situation, by what? Prayer and petition. With thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the peace, there's that word, peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ. If I want the peace, I got to spend the time. Jesus says, if I can spend the time in prayer and petition and live in thanksgiving, I'll have the peace which surpasses all understanding. And it will guard my, my mind and it will guard my heart when the doubts come, when the thoughts come. When I begin to talk myself off of this path and start talking myself onto this path, I need the peace of God to guard my mind. And to guard my heart so that I continue on the right path, on the, the path that God has for me. Even when it doesn't make sense, you can still have peace. Even when the situation looks dire, you can have peace. Did you see what it says? But in every situation, in every situation, you can have peace. You just got to call on it. it may not, you may not feel it. Right away, but the feelings will come if you walk it out. If you walk it out and cultivate it, the feelings of peace will come. Look at that next point. So when we walk in God's peace, we'll respond in a godly way. When it feels like the world is against you, remember God is still for you. Say that with me. God is still for me. Amen. Do you receive it? God is still for you, right? You can overcome because Jesus has overcome. Are you really going to let the world get over on you that easily? Or the person? Or the event? Are, are you letting the world defeat you so easily? You know, disappointments aren't final. Disappointments are not final. Disappointments have to bow at the word of God. It didn't turn out the way you prayed. I've been there. I'll raise both my hands. It didn't turn out the way Ian has prayed over and over and over again. But I'm still standing. I'm not perfect, but I'm still standing. Your disappointments are not final. What are you going to do with that disappointment? And that's what the enemy really wants to know. How strong really is your faith? How strong really is your peace that you confess that you have? Because when it didn't turn out the way that you prayed, how did you respond? Because if you have the peace of God, you'll respond in a godly way. There's a story in, I think, 2 Samuel. David and Bathsheba had a baby. Do you know? If you know that story, you'll know that D David fasted and prayed for seven days for that baby. And guess what? The baby died. It didn't turn out the way David expected. David's the only man in the Bible that says was after God's only heart. Disappointment for godly men. Disappointment for godly women. And you know how he responded? When his servants came and gave him word? 
It says he got up. Somebody said got up. He got up. He ate and took a bath. I believe he had the peace of God. Only the peace of God could allow somebody to get up to eat and to do that after you just got word that the baby you've been praying and fasting for for seven days died. Only the peace of God can empower you to do that. The peace of God is the key to your strength. And you can only have that type of strength if you walk in relationship with the Holy Spirit. Right? Look at John 16, It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. These are red letters. I said these red letters hit different. Jesus said that in me you may have peace. He said, in this world you'll have trouble. Just because you believe in me doesn't exempt you from tests and trials. He said, in this world you'll have trouble. But, but, take heart. I have overcome that thing. I've overcome the world. Right? You're going to have issues, you're going to have storms, you're going to have trials, but take heart because I, Jesus, have overcome the world. And your disappointments, are you overcoming or is the world just stepping all over you? Are you overcoming or is the world just stepping all over you? And it's okay. I'm not expecting you, if you're going through something hard and hurtful. Y'all, we have some things that we go through. and It's tough. Can I be honest? I've, I've prayed with a lot of you here sitting here in this church about some real life issues. And, and, and I'm not saying you have to be perfect. And I'm not saying that you, you have to res- get up and respond like David did, but something inside of you has to, has to be able to lean in and press into the presence of God. Because that's the only thing that's going to help you and carry you through. When you're not strong enough, he'll carry you. Jesus had to carry his own cross after he was scourged to fulfill fulfill prophecy, but also to show you that he's strong enough. He's strong enough to carry those burdens, to carry those issues, to carry those hurts. And it's in that moment when the enemy wants you to get mad at God. And if you can draw into God through his presence, then you can experience that peace that's fleeting you. Look at Romans 8, 31. It says, wait, what then shall we say? I don't want to add to the word of God, but I I would maybe put a comment and say, and put even do. What shall we say and what shall we do in response? There's that word response to these things. If God is for us, who can be against us? If you walk in the peace of God, you'll respond in a godly way. When the thing happens, you can say, God is for me, so who can be against me? Jesus said the world will be against you. But take heart because I've overcome it. So is the world stepping all over you, or are you overcoming because Jesus overcame? Can you overcome because Jesus overcame? If God is for you, that means all impossible things can be made possible. Who remembers what Luke 18, 27 says? I gave it to you last week. It says, with man, it's impossible, 
But with God, he makes all things possible. Stop trying to do it man's way and do it God's way. And he can make that impossible thing that seems impossible to you right now. It seems impossible to you in your flesh and to your, your carnal mind, your unredeemed mind and your unredeemed spirit. But God's like, that's easy. That's a cakewalk. I, I can do that in a, in a flash of a hand. I can do that in a moment. That's the, that's the God that you can call Father. Come on, somebody. When you see and recognize that's the God you can call Father, you see that you lack nothing. And the impossible things can be made possible with God. Look at that last point today as we wrap up. So this is really how I want to end. you, you got to begin to believe that God is for you. Ian's life couldn't, couldn't start to change until I really bought into that truth that God is really for me, that God really loves me. He even forgives me of my sins and the things that I did. And until you can totally believe that God is for you, you'll never fully experience his peace or his power. We're talking about peace today, right? And if Jesus is your Lord, is Jesus anybody's Lord today? And if he's not, I got good news for you. It'll be a moment for you here in a moment to accept him. But if Jesus is your Lord, guess what? Jesus is in your boat. If Jesus is your Lord, Jesus is in your boat. So wake him up. Wake him up on the daily, right? Because when you're not strong enough, when you find yourself in the middle of the storm, you got to know that he's strong enough to declare that peace that you need. There'll be times when you're not strong enough and you have to remember, Jesus is in my boat. And because he's in my boat, I'm going to let him do the battle. I'm not strong enough today, Jesus, but you're in my boat. So I need you to do something supernatural for me. Come on, somebody. Right? Following God isn't the absence of storms. It's your response in the midst. Following God is not the absence of storms. If, if you came here to, 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 to hear that Jesus will, will fix all your problems, and then after you say that prayer, your life's a cakewalk, and I'm sorry. <laughs> Following God is not the absence of storms. It's your response in the midst. Amen. So when you're in the middle of the storm, how do you respond? So look at Mark 4, 35 through 41. So we find Jesus and the disciples in a boat of all places, right? A lot of y'all can recognize this. Look what it says. It says, on that same day when the evening had come, he said to them, let's cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they, him, along with the boat was as he was also. And the other boats were also with him. In verse 37, and then a great windstorm arose and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling and he was in the stern, Jesus asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him. Say it with me. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, What? What did he say? Peace. Peace. Jesus rebuked the wind and declared peace. And because Jesus is not a liar, guess what happened? Peace fell. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm, and he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to each other, who can this be that even the wind and the sea 
obey him. Even the wind and the sea obey him. If the wind and sea obey him, your relationship has to bow to him. If the wind and seas obey him, your offense has to bow to him. If the wind and seas obey him, the sickness has to leave in Jesus' name. If the winds and seas obey him, peace can be yours. Peace, real peace, can be yours. So don't forget that Jesus is in your boat. Because when you're not strong enough, he is. And whatever you need, he's got it. He has got it. And if you can believe it, then you can receive it. Amen. Who wants some good, old-fashioned, godly, heavenly peace today? Right? I want to pray for you. Leave those hands up. Get ready to close. Leave those hands up. Life. And so right now, God, forgive us if we forgot that you're in the boat. And so we wake you up now, Holy Spirit, to give us the strength to do the things that we cannot do. Jesus, just as you declared, peace be still. Holy Spirit, right now, I pray that in the hearts and in the lives of these hands that are lifted. Peace be still. Some of you have been praying and believing for a month, two months, one year, two years. Keep believing. Peace. Be still. And now you can respond. Jesus, today, all across our, our state and cities and nation and world right now. But if you're here today, you're in our sanctuary, or you're watching us online today, and you say, Pastor Ian, something you said today showed me that me and God, we're, we're not on good terms. I want to, I want to, Make God my Lord and Savior today. I got good news for you. It's going to be so easy. It's going to be so powerful. It's going to be so awesome. Your life can change, be transformed today. If you want to make that decision today, say, that's me, Pastor, and I want to pray that prayer for God to change my life. I want you to do something. Right now, I want you just to stand up. No one's looking at you. We're all actually praying for you right now. And I want you to stand, not for me, but I want you to stand to show God, show him that says, hey, I'm standing because I hear what you're saying to my heart right now. If he's dealing with your heart, I want you to stand for him. Give you a few moments to accept Christ today. Best decision you've ever made in your life. A few more seconds, Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, no one is actually standing in our sanctuary, but somebody could be making this decision, watching us online. So I want to lead us all into a prayer. I want you to repeat after me. And it's going to go like this. Heavenly Father, God, we trust you and we love you today. We accept your son. We believe that Jesus is the Savior of the world. And now we confess that he is the Savior of my heart, the Savior of my life. So send your Holy Spirit. Forgive me of my sins and my past and redeem my future. Pray this in faith and in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise God. I hope you enjoyed today. We're glad you came. Anybody glad you came? We're glad you came too. 
Y'all are officially dismissed. If you're new to Liberty today, maybe this is your first time, come back and see us. Me and my wife will be back there. We'd love to give you a free gift.